Welcome to The Positivity Effect, where paying it forward and doing something positive in someone's life can provide them with the confidence and motivation to do the same for someone else. Like a stone dropped into a lake, let's create a ripple effect of positivity throughout our world. And it begins with your host, Dr. Thomas Retcher. Welcome back. Hey, what's up, guys? Dr. Tom here, and you're listening to The Positivity Effect, episode number 70, Intuition is Crucial. Thank you so much for tuning in. It really means the world to me to see how this show is impacting your life. We have an awesome show lined up for today, but before we get into the call, two things. Snapchat. If you're not on it, you need to check it out. It is a great way to connect with people. It's also a lot of fun. If, and if you've been on it before, you know what I'm talking about. And also you can connect with me. So my username is my first initial and my last name, T. Retcher. So T-R-E-C-H-E-R. And yeah, it's been super cool just connecting with some of you already and sharing through Snapchat just how the show is impacting your life and just connecting with you. It's a lot of fun. So thank you for that, for those of you who have reached out to me. And number two, I am launching a store on May 1st. That's going to have some really awesome stuff uh, centered around the positivity effect. I'm really excited about it. And it's a great way for you guys too. If you got something out of this show and it's impacting your life, it's a way to give back. Uh, It helps support the show. And a lot of this stuff is not free (laughs) to do it. So it really means the world uh, for you guys to support me through this and, and to check out the store. And it's launching again on May 1st. So today we have on a really awesome guy. His name is Hans Hageman. And I'm just going to read his bio because it's super awesome. Hans is a maverick and visionary leader who has started and led organizations for underserved children in Harlem, New York, Kenya, and Lucknow, India. He is a graduate of Princeton University and Columbia University School of Law. He's also a master practitioner of NLP, a Reiki master, and he has received teacher training in Ashtanga Yoga from David Swenson. Hans has taken this experience and training and now puts it to use for small businesses and individuals who supports the three P's, people, planet, and profit. Hans is here today to share some powerful insights, really. And I want you to really pay attention closely when he talks about this word, intuition, and what that means to him and how we can have more of it in our own lives. So check him out. You can go to HansHageman.com. So help me welcome him now to the Positivity Effect. Hey, what's going on, Hans? Hey, Thomas. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, it's uh, you know it's it's pretty awesome. We had a, an opportunity to uh, connect not too long ago, and it's it's just a it's a, an honor for me to have you on the show because you, you know you've you've done so much and you've given so much to this world. And, and, you know, when you're a person who gives a lot comes back to you. Well, it's an honor for me to be talking to you. I mean, I've seen the path that, that, that your show has taken and the, and the wonderful guests that you have. And not only is it inspirational, but I mean, as a model in terms of the teaching that you're able to do directly and indirectly, uh, it's, it's just a thrill for me to be a part of it. Oh, thank you so much, Hans. Well, so, you know, when we, I want to talk about the, the word drive mm-hmm. because it it sometimes it's a word that that's kind of sensationalized or you know somebody says you have to have more drive but 
when we when we look at your accomplishments, Hans, and just everything that you've done, and you know, when when you first start out, you you don't see them as that, you know, it's because you're in the trenches of everything you're going right. through, and you're trying right. to, to yeah expand and grow, and then you look back and you're like, oh, you know, you know, it's it's pretty awesome. Like I really I pushed through, and I I, I had resilience, and I kept trying and, and pivoting and trying new things. So for you, what does that word drive mean? You know, where did it start for you to where you realized in life that that it, for you, it wasn't about just being complacent in life and, and having an average life. You wanted to be phenomenal. You know, you wanted to, to find a way to give back to this world in such a profound way. You know, what drives you to do those things? You know, there were a couple of things. One was my parents' example and, and, and in particular my father. And, and if it wasn't for the times, I'd have be more reflective about my mother's role in in, in, in their work. But my father ran a residential drug treatment center where me, my brother and sister grew up. So we would come home from our fancy private schools where we were on scholarship to our home in Harlem and living right below us, one floor below us were uh, 50 to 60 guys who were veterans of the Vietnam War or who had been recently released from prison or jail uh, trying to get their lives together. And during the day, another 50 men and women would come into the program. And so on an ongoing basis, you saw how, through my parents' example, the belief in the power of redemption and people being able to get back on their feet was put into work every single day. So as I'm looking at my career, I have to ask myself, even as a young kid, uh, can I do any less than that? So that's what set me on, on that path. And, and as far as continuing with Drive, I realized early on that it wasn't necessarily the, 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 the job or the role that I had that was going to take me where I knew I needed to go. It was Viktor Frankl in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, talks about you don't invent your mission, you detect it. And so at a point, I became open to, to being of service, to figuring out what, for me in my spiritual tradition, God wanted for me. And, and remaining open to that and realizing there were a lot of different roads that were going to get me there. But always, always knowing that, that I was put here for a higher purpose, not just to serve myself, uh, but, but to serve other people and very quickly feeling in line with that or not and making whatever shifts I needed to make, if, if hopefully that made sense. No, absolutely. And when we think about you know, our careers, we think about our jobs, uh, we can, it can easily be, we can get swept away in the fears of the unknown. And what you're saying is that, you know, they're always going to be there, those fears about, you know, when we're trying to, to push forward in life. It's, it's, but when you have that, that, that strong why of why you're doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And for you, it was, you were put here for a higher purpose to serve other people. That's when everything really started to make sense. And you know that, you knew that it wasn't all just put into one job. It, you know, you knew that it wasn't. There were so many different roads that you could take, but it all led back to the same purpose. That's right. And it was that feeling, that feeling more so than that position or role that, that let me know that, that I was aligned with what I was supposed to do. When did you start to notice things start to really take, take have to, have, you know, things started to have momentum in what you were doing in, in terms of helping other people? Well, I, you know, originally, you know, I had mentioned my, my parents work with, with uh, people trying to bring their lives back from the, the disease of drug addiction. 
addition to that, my, my, my father had marched with Dr. King on a number of occasions, been jailed with him. Wow. He was a, my father was a Methodist minister, and so he would be one of the first people out on the streets um, during some of the, the, the significant riots in the city. He, I mean, he was always a, pers- a person of his times, and my mother very much was as, as well. And so one of the things that, that I said I was going to do in terms of looking at their struggles and challenges was, you know what, I'm going to be a lawyer, and I'm going to be an advocate for people who don't have power. And that kind of worked, kind of didn't. Um, I, I had student loans to pay, so I didn't go directly <laughs> into the work of saving the world as a lawyer. Uh, and then my mother started asking me, well, you know, what, what is this law that you're practicing? It was mortgage-backed securities work. And when I realized, you know what, I don't even really know how to explain this to her, I, I made a pivot. And as both first a, a prosecutor and then later as a defense attorney, that's when I saw that, that my role as an advocate could, could really be powerful in terms of impacting other people's lives. Because if it wasn't for my presence in a particular setting, either on either side, right, prosecutor or defense attorney, people's lives would have been very different for the worse. And so that was the first, the first time. What's that change that you see in somebody when they recognize that you're there to help them? You know, that you see that change on their face. There's just something that happens that's beautiful, that when somebody recognizes that you're not looking to, to take from them, you know, it's, it's somebody that's in that maybe they're in a dark time, a dark place in their life, when they could feel that from you, that you're just there to help them. Well, well that's interesting because you, you, you mentioned when they get the sense or realize that you're not there to take from them. Because for me, that, that first hurdle is in the world that we're living in, getting people to realize, yeah, in fact, I am here to help you and I don't want anything in return. That, that's the first time that you, you, people will either harden and just not believe it, but, but the times that they do, uh, just a lot of stress seems to, to, to melt away. I mean, we, we carry our emotions physically and, and, and you see that in people's stooped postures and, and then the painful way they walk and hold themselves. But when they realize, oh, I have somebody who's going to support me, who's going to advocate for, for, for my cause, somebody who's an ally, yeah, as, as you put it, there's, there's a tremendous sense of peace that comes over not just them, but the situation. And, and I'm very sensitive to energy um, and, and <laughs> for a lot of reasons. And it's also one of the reasons I pursued uh, the energy healing art of, of, of Reiki. Um, but I'm also sensitive and aware of that energy and sense of peace that comes down on the situation and the relationship when someone realizes that this is a person I can trust. This is a person who's going to hold the line with me. Yeah, it's it, when we think about the energy that's flowing through us, you know, you people can pick up on that that energy that's coming mm-hmm. from you. You know, when you walk into a room, if you're in a positive state of mind, if you're in a place of gratitude, right. if you're transparent about the person that you are, you walk into that room and people know, they notice right away. And vice versa, if you're maybe, you know, you're the, you're you're lying to yourself about something, or you're lying to your loved ones. Though we we think we can hide those things, but people they pick up on it very easily. No, they do, and and it's it's unfortunate that that most of us aren't more attuned to those kinds of feelings, and 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 will get a sense of dis-ease when something doesn't isn't when the energy flow isn't right. 
but but too often we we ignore it, bury it, and and it and it manifests itself in very different ways, and oftentimes just anger or shutting down. Whereas if we were aware of the flow of energy that you're talking about, uh, we would have a lot more honest conversation and and healthier relationships. Absolutely, and it comes back to another word that we actually spoke about before we got on the call was intuition. Mm -hmm. And you were telling me about how intuition is something that you're making sure you're putting that at the forefront of your life right now because it's going to help you make the proper shifts that you need. So what does that mean for you? What does that word intuition mean to you specifically? It, it means a couple of things. And, and intuition had played an important role when I was one of the things I was doing was starting uh, a school and, and I, you know, wasn't a teacher, didn't have the certifications or whatever. And, but I started a school anyway, because one of the things I believe that you need to do is, is, um, you know, beg for forgiveness rather than ask for permission a lot of times. Mm. And so I was starting a school for kids who, who, who needed this kind of school. And a lot of the work in terms of, of reaching these kids had to be intuitive work. I mean, you, you, they weren't going to talk about their pain. I wasn't prepared to push them into those areas of pain that, that had gotten them to the points that they were. Uh, and, and so I figured out, you know what, I, I need to use certain tools. And this may sound a little strange to, to, to your audience, but um, back in 90, probably 90, 91, um, as, as early as that, I started looking at tools to develop my intuition. And Part of that was the direct result of, again, my spiritual tradition where it only made sense to me that, that if prayer was to have an effect, there were other things that, that would be able to open you up and, and to, into that, that other intelligence. So I learned, I, I took a certification course in hypnosis. I, I learned how to use a, a tarot card deck to work on my subconscious. So all of those studies, and then as I mentioned, I, I studied Reiki and became a master practitioner in the energy healing art of Reiki. And all of those things led me to a conclusion about my intuition so that yeah, you have the option. One is you can be controlled by your thoughts and those thoughts lead to feelings. And unfortunately, for most of us, the th literally tens of thousands of thoughts we have per day, not only are repetitive, but most of them are negative. So where do you go for that wellspring and that wellspring, which is also what I believe to be the intuition, is there are two things. One is our subconscious, and that's an incredible body of knowledge that we don't have, by definition, conscious access to, but that we can access through different means. The other, again, is, is what some people would term uh, a universe, the universal mind, God's mind, so that there's... there's there are these thoughts of wholeness and beauty and wellness and completeness that exist, and we need to find ways to tap into it. And we forget that there's this other source of wisdom beyond ourselves uh, and even beyond our subconscious. But it's a combination for me of our subconscious and this universal mind that, that leads me to believe uh, in the power of intuition. Do you, do you think that most people or th that there's a fear of, of tapping into that, you know, of having that, that true freedom. Like we all want it, but so many people aren't talking about it. Oh no, it's, 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 
it's laden with 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 too many things in terms of superstition or people confused being religious with being spiritual. We live in a society where because first of all, there's the need for immediate gratification. We're not going to take that time to step back and really plumb the depths of that inner knowledge. There, there are not many guides or mentors to show us what tools can we use to access this intuition. And it's a shame because anytime uh, a tech startup happens, a lot of times the startup founders, they have no idea whether this idea is going to work. And so, yes, you can do all kinds of split testing and growth hacking and all of this stuff. But on the other side, what they're also using is a good bit of intuition to figure out, is this something that's going to resonate with, with a larger market? And so intuition plays such an incredible role in so many things. But because of the pace of our society, because we have so much technology in between us and the natural world and our feelings, and because it's, it's laden with mysticism for many people, uh, you're right. People are, in fact, scared or nervous ab about accessing it. You know, it's always interesting why you, ha you have a conversation with somebody and they say, you know, I, I had like just the most amazing idea while I was uh, taking a shower before. Mm -hmm. Or I had the most incredible idea about this new project while I was at the beach or while I was taking a walk you know, through the forest. Mm -hmm. And the conversation usually then continues about the idea and it, the idea of how that idea came is forgotten that it was, mm -hmm. wow, mm -hmm. that you were in this, you know, you got back to nature, you got away from technology, you got back in touch with you yourself and the, and the earth. And it's pa that's powerful. Oh, it is. And, and, and one of the things that you're, you're pointing out is that it's also repeatable the more we look back at the process that got us to that idea in the first place. And if we were to do something as simple as journaling those synchronistic uh, kind of seemingly coincidental experiences of good luck and good fortune, the more we journal them, the more we would notice that there are certain connections to the time of day, to our, our level of sleep, to the kind of activity we were engaging in, to the kind of people that we were around to even the kind of food we were eating. And the more we noticed the patterns, the more we could access the intuition. That's interesting that you say that about journaling, because I noticed in my own life that, it, and it's, it's still a work in progress, but it was worse a few years ago, is that at night, I would, that's when I would always like look to eat something that wasn't probably the best thing to eat before bedtime. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I started to raise my awareness about my own life, you know, step back from the craziness, write these things down. I was like, oh, wow, I just read the last 20 pages of my journal and it looks like I've been kind of eating junk food, at, you know, <laughs> right around the right before bedtime, you know, yeah. and, it, and then you get that. Yeah, you, you, you get that clarity of your mind and mm -hmm. it's it's yeah, so journaling, meditating. Those are some really powerful practices. They are. They are. Hans, for you. Thinking about intuition and why you look to serve children you know where did that where did that drive come from you know cuz you look, could have looked to maybe look to help you know build a school for adults but you look to really help children where does that come from that 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 drive to to raise up children uh to to give them clarity of mind 
I mean, part of it started, and I had a chance to reflect. We we grew up in a in a dangerous neighborhood in dangerous times, and so my parents weren't that free with us going out in the street to you know, play with the the, the right. local gang members or whatever else. <laughs> so we, we we had a lot of time, and and one of the things they never denied us. Uh, they denied us a bunch of stuff, and, and to our benefit eventually. But but one of the things they didn't deny us was was books. And so, what is it? There's a Latin term that says books are the are the soul's medicine. But so we had time. That's to awesome. With, with a lot of books, and and we had a lot of time to reflect. And I saw these adults passing through my parents' lives and our lives, trying to get a get a jump back into life. And it only made logical sense to me that well. These these adults, in many ways, are are hurt children who who were never healed, and they're trying to figure it out on their own or with the help of my parents in this community that was been, has been created. Maybe it would be easier and better to move further back to the source of of when things started going wrong, and maybe I could play a more powerful role. Uh, because I saw that working with adults, particularly adults who had fallen, was not easy. And so part of it was, well, you know what. With children, it's got to be easier, but it also set, made sense to me um, that, that you, you'd be getting more of a running start to, to help create magic. And, and, and so oh, it was that. Yeah. And, and, and that, only, that only increased when I had my own children. And, I, and, and so both my, my own children, but also reflecting back on my childhood, we, we had, despite not necessarily being, you know, we were very at best middle class. And, and didn't take family vacations. The one family vacation we took, I remember, um, we took two. And one, I remember, we were up in Maine, and my mother came in crying, um, probably after a couple of drinks, and it turns out my father had been fired by his board of directors, and we had to figure out what we were going to do. And so we never took a vacation after that. <laughs> That's kind of informed how I go about things. Um, but and I'm not sure where I was going with that. Oh, but 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 despite that kind of thing, we had tremendous advantages. I mean, we we had a, a wonderful education at at the best private schools in the country because people helped us to get a scholarship to these places. Um, we 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 had two wonderful parents. We had food on the table every day. And for my own children, I see some of the benefits that they have. I've traveled extensively to places like Sudan. Ghana, Senegal, Nicaragua, Kenya, and, and seeing how other kids live. And for me, both my own upbringing and the benefits that my kids have had, it, it, it only made sense to me as far as my mission that I had the tools and the ability to, to impact children's lives. And that's what I should be doing. It's interesting that you said that too about, you know, you can have that opportunity to work with adults and, and we, there are many adults out there. We all need help in some way. There's, you know, we think about if I was using an analogy of like a canvas, like a, where you were to paint something and we, we, there's things that our canvases are dirtied up and we're looking to clean them up. Mm-hmm. And it was, and for say, like with, when we think of children, what a, a beautiful statement that you made that when we think of children, we get, they, they have a, beautifully clean canvas and it could be easily filled up with the wrong things and then conditioning happens and life happens and then they're now too stuck at that point where it's going to be really hard to to clean it up and what i'm hearing with you hans is that you're that's where you're that visionary is you're coming in to make sure that they have that those right tools 
and their canvas is painted in the right way so that when they when they grow up they can they can make a positive impact on the world and we could start to change this world it, we can easily work with the adults like myself you know I, my my own canvas as well is dirtied up and i wish there was things you know you think you think back on your life and it's going to be hard to remove them but when we work with the kids the kids are going to they're the next generation they're going to change the world and that's that's powerful well and 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 not only do they have the ability and power to do that but they're also moving into a world that's that's becoming more complicated and they'll need more tools frankly to get that done uh, I've been fortunate enough also, we, we moved from the big city and moved up to the country in an onion farming territory, apparently. Um, hmm. And I've had the ability to work with some of the small local businesses here and to help them bring their marketing into the 21st century, frankly. <laughs> and and the, the ability to do that also then has an impact on the children that they're raising and their family members. And it, but it, it, as you stated, it's a, it's a, it's a tougher go. Um, and again, in my travels, despite the hardships you see with kids in other countries as well, you also see the tremendous possibilities with with just a a, a shot at at, at uh, you know making a better life. And and it's powerful, no matter where kids come from. So true. That's absolutely true. Hans, this has been incredible. And this has been just an absolute pleasure having you on and connecting and, and hearing about how you're impacting today's youth to make changes and make to make a shift in their life early on so that they, they too become a Hans one day, you know, and they and they lead the next generation. And going forward, we can everybody can put put they can contribute in some way and we can give back and we can make this world a better place. But it all starts. I think it's so important. And I really I applaud you that you're focusing in on helping the kids. And it's so important because I know. I, I, I think about my own life when I had the opportunity to have a family. I look forward to it, to have that opportunity to shape uh, my own ch- children's lives as well. And, and it's, it's, we can all do our own part, even if we're not doing it on the scale that you're doing it, Hans. We can all do it in our own family. We can lead our kids. And so powerful. So, Hans, we're at the end of today's episode. This has been awesome. Guys, we're going to have him back on tomorrow. And we got, you know, we got a pretty important topic that we're going to be chatting about. So definitely tune in again tomorrow. Thank you, Thomas. I really enjoyed it. Thanks, Hans. Take care. Take care. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Positivity Effect. I promise to keep sharing inspiring stories with the guests every single day. I hope you feel inspired, and I hope that we stirred some self-reflection in you on topics like transparency, compassion, and empathy. Please check out the website at PositivityEffect.com sign up for the newsletter and I'll send you some tips to get you thinking more positively. If you're really enjoying the positivity effect, please tell someone about the show. Together we can create a ripple effect of positivity throughout our world, something that we need so desperately today. So thanks again so much for listening. See you tomorrow for another episode of the positivity effect.